The thing about disasters, natural ones at least, is that more often than not, you really don't see them coming. An alarm may give you the edge of a few minutes lead, or surrounding conditions may create that gut feeling of something's just not right. But in the case of a hurricane, usually, they're a little too big to miss. The setup for this week's episode is exactly one of those situations. Hurricane Ian is swirling around quite literally as I speak just outside. And when it turned our way several days ago, we decided it was an opportunity to take a long, hard look at how technology is developed around exactly these types of impending disasters. Solar generators, cloud-based backups, and this thing called business continuity are all on tap. But the underlying message we hope comes through at all is no matter what's going on, be safe, be prepared, as you can be, and at the end of the day, just try to be a good human. And on that early bombshell, I'm going to go tighten my storm shutters and charge this laptop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. And I'm Eric Sargent. And Eric, I have to own up right out of the gate. I lied in last week's episode because I did say Cody would be joining us for next week's episode. Yeah, but um, we'll be back. He will be back. He'll actually be back later today. And but you know, but if, for for you all the yeah. listener, <laughs> it will be uh, some undetermined date in the future. Yeah, but, he'll be here. We uh, got ones with him. We got pre-recorded ones with him in it. He'll be around. We do. And there's there's a little bit of a additional reason for that, and actually informs why we're even having this particular topic today. So um, like we, as we like to say, a little bit of inside the pod, um, Eric and I are coming to you today from, well, me from sunny Southwest Florida, Eric from a well-ensconced position hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Um, <laughs> Slightly colder, we'll call it the Great White North. Yes, but uh, the, the bulk of our crew is down here in Southwest Florida where we received word today there is a potential, what we class a major hurricane on its way. So what, what, what promotes it from regular pain in the butt hurricane to quote unquote major hurricane right. is they're, they're now telling us it could be a category four to five event, which makes that a, uh, it's never that, fun. That is yeah, there's no, you lived here, Eric, you know, yes. again, yep. for long enough, you know, the unfun that that can be. Yeah, so I lived there for the decade when there, when Charlie hit, which was yes. not fun. So, <laughs> yeah. So we, we are the other fun that I had got to have saying to Eric earlier this morning was, Hey, the one thing I can take away is we are currently the first place they're predicting it to go, which makes us the least likely to actually get it. Cause yep. if you ever follow hurricane tracks, they bounce around all over the place. So, um, hopefully by being named the first likely destination, we're actually the least likely destination, but yep, we'll cross our that, fingers. Yeah. That said, doing what we do for a, you know, as we call it day job, uh, Cody has actually got a Superman cape on helping our various clients and partners go through a lot of their technology related preparations for that event. So yep. he's going to be joining us I'll later in the afternoon work today. <laughs> that that's right. Um, Eric and I, on the other hand are the slackers who said, you know, screw it. We're hitting record anyway. Yeah. So, um, the other half of that and why it's, you know, informing our discussion today is what we're doing to kill some time until Cody can join us for our original topic today is, you know, I, I kind of, I called an audible on Eric as we're literally sitting down to record. I said, all right, you're going to hate me. I'm going to hijack our first episode topic because it's something very top of mind for me and a lot of the people around me right now, which is the effects of these kinds of natural disasters or just disasters, but we're going to focus on natural disasters here and now more specifically hurricanes, because that's what we know so well here, unfortunately, and how that, what, how that relates to technology, both at work and at home. And from a, you know, 
I don't want to be like, oh, survival as if like, yeah. oh, I can't Doomsday charge my laptop and I'm going to die. <laughs> but there is, again, going back to what we do, like I consider part of my survival the ability to do my job. And there are yeah. relevant aspects of doing my job that require planning my technology around those kinds of events. Well, yeah, that's the thing about our industry is that there are so many other people in other businesses of all types that depend on us so that they can continue yes. to function and make money and survive after an event like this. And during an event like this, they need to make sure that when a hurricane hits and their internet goes down and their power goes out and those kind of things that they are able to, um, still function. Yep. So, no, we, we talk about, you know, this term that's so important to us professionally business continuity. And that right. that term has been co-opted very heavily more by like what, what what normal folks would think of as backups and like your data. But to us, business continuity is more than just, you know, the protection of that data. It's the actual continuity of the business. And we yeah. think about it from a technology in the perspective sense of that term. In, yeah. In the truest sense of the term. So what is what is happening in the business leading up to the event when it's one that we can predict? Sometimes you you, you don't even see them coming. But going back to our hurricane example today, one of the benefits, which is a weird thing to say, but one of the benefits is we know about it typically so many days in advance. Yeah. We rarely get a surprise hurricane. Um, during the event, how do we maximize people's ability to do emergency functions while that thing's happening? And then of course the after, how does that business stay in operation then, you know, trudge back towards normal operations after that thing has happened? So business continuity as a term to us means all of those things and how they interact. So when we talk about things like putting your major workloads in the cloud, ensuring your data is backed up on-premise in the cloud in multiple locations. You know, not just that your data exists, but how quickly can you gain access to it? You know, all those things are, or better yet, how can you maintain access to it throughout? And, right. you know, all of those strategies, you know, we, we, uh, we again tell people all the time in our consulting meetings, business continuity is not a widget. It's not a device. It's not a bill you pay. It is a strategy. It is a collection of things. A lot of different things go into it. Yep. Yeah. Held up by a plan that has to be thought through, implemented, and then followed before, during, and after the event. So that's right, just yeah, a quick a crash course. There's a lot of oh, maintenance yeah. that goes into it. One of the things that we run into and we talk about a lot is there's a lot of, like, we are very proactive about it. We are very communicative with our clients about yes. what they need to be prepped with and make sure that you double check this. And we have products and services in place that allow us to constantly check to make sure those things are up to date and working. A lot of people don't do those kind of checks. And then it's one of those things where they get to, oh, hey, yeah, there's a storm headed our way. Now oh, what? Oh, the, what did we, have, we have we checked our battery backups lately? Do we even know if they're still working? Yep. What about this? You know, and they, they start going into hey, all this. Hey, Jimmy, go, when, was the last, when was the last time our tape backups ran? Right, exactly. <laughs> have, you, have you taken the offsite copy to the bank recently? Like these are, I'm not yeah. poking fun. These are things I've heard people say yep. in the flesh leading yes. up to these events. Tape and that backups. makes my skin crawl. Um, Just, yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously from a professional level, it's very, very much baked into our DNA. You know, we live our day to day lives, keeping these things operating. But one of the things I feel we professionally do quite well as a group is even on the very, very normal day, we're still thinking about what if tomorrow is one of those events? What yep. if an hour from now is one of those events? Cause I do think that that is never not terrible English that has never not served us or our partners. Well, yeah. I mean, one of those things, just a, you know, hot tip for you that we yeah. do as a company that 
if you're listening to this, go ahead and implement it where, where you are. And it's much easier now that we've gone through the whole COVID thing and people work from home. But oh, yeah. There are days where you will reach out to everyone in the company and say, tomorrow is a mock emergency. No one come into the office. The office yep. is closed. And it's just yep. like a random day that you pick. And it's like, okay, go. And then everyone needs to be ready at the drop of a hat to log in and everyone work remotely on that day. To operate in that condition. And, and, and so everyone's all, we're always prepped for it. And, and it's, you know, it's seamless whenever we have those in it, you know, I'm up here. So, you know, I don't have to worry about the storm so I can kind of spearhead things from here. If you guys are without power and that kind of stuff. So we have these redundancies built in that really help with that whole process. Another, another solid state tip that is, you know, something that comes from our, from our day-to-day lives that I just do think would, would serve a lot of folks better. Some people can't do this because of the nature of what their business is. And I get that. But in our case, when we do have the, the benefit of knowing that the potential emergency is coming, we always call it a minimum of one day early. So in the case of the storms, we're, we're, we're recording on a Friday. We're currently told to expect its arrival on Wednesday of next week. We actually, all of our disaster prep plans, you know, T minus zero is Tuesday at 8 a.m., 24 hours before a landfall. So, you know, if this thing truly does take shape, we haven't made the call yet. That's something that, you know, we don't want to, you know, raise the alarm too early. But if we make that, if we make that call on Monday, we have the entire team prepped to begin remote work on Tuesday. And it serves a lot of functions. A, you find out, you know, with all the best prep in the world, you don't want to find out the one widget that isn't working right the day the storm arrives. Yep. Give yourself some latitude to be, to react to those things that you just couldn't possibly prepare for that no one thought of. Or maybe someone just made a mistake. All the best planning in the world, it still happens. And to be able to prep for that, that's really important. So we, we always call it a minimum of a day early. Get people in place. Find those issues. And the other thing is, just for at a human level, it gives people the opportunity to, hey, they're already working from home that day over lunch break. They might go start putting their storm shutters up. They might run to the corner, go get one more flat of water, go take some cash out of the bank, top off the fuel tank, whatever. I mean, these are all things that when you're trying to condense that into what you can accomplish after you get off work at five o'clock, it creates hair on fire emergencies and it actually exacerbates the problem. So that's something we implemented a long, long time ago. You know, I said 24, if it's a big enough event, we'll, we'll, we'll even make the call 48 hours in advance with only day of emergencies. Cause again, part of our jobs involved going to people's businesses, going on site and taking care of emergencies and things like that. We'll go that we'll sometimes say, okay, emergencies only 48 hours out. And then genuinely that building better be on fire inside of 24 hours. And even then we will make sure we send the person who is already like, Hey, I'm good. I'm already stocked. We're ready to go. My shutter, I I can be gone for a few hours. And as long as I'm back, you know, we're we're good to go. So it's just over planning in that regard serves so, so well, I think from a, again, serving the strategy of business continuity. Yeah. It's, it's our, it's our age old thing that we talk about it at work is if we prepare for it, it's likely we won't need it. Which is how it wants to be. (laughs) I I prefer to it as the umbrella principle all the time. It's just that simple. If you bring that umbrella, the chances are it's not going to rain. And it's, it, I, it's always rung true for me. So that's a lot of like, we don't want to get in the nitty gritty today. We, we absolutely will in the future get into more of the nuts and bolts. I should, I should say of the tech that we like in a professional environment, you know, you know, what do we leverage for businesses to protect their data, protect their servers? If they're not already in the cloud, how do we put them on the cloud's doorstep? So they have to pivot instantly in a true emergency, we can help them do that. But what I actually wanted to kind of grab today's episode for and talk about is something a little closer to home, because that's really what, 
what hit hard today was this one against five days out at this point or more. It still feels like it snuck up on us a little bit. I will openly yeah. admit we allowed ourselves to believe storm season was over and I hate to break it to all of us. It's not even October yet. So this one really, you know, we saw it out there. All the other ones were curving up into the Atlantic. Like, oh, we're this fine. But I, yep. I saw this one as far south as it was. I'm like, ah, oh, this one might sneak under and, and, and that's exactly what it did or is, is doing, I should say. So, um, one of the things that I kind of had a, you know, moment about this morning in my own preparations, my wife and I were going through, okay, what's our, you know, uh, on hand supply situation. What do we need to go shore up? We don't want to be those people that go and clear the shelves of Publix. If I've already got X number of flats of water, I don't need Y more because guess what? Someone else probably needs those a lot more than I do. If I'm already safe and comfortable and good, I'm, I don't need to pad, you know, that's what led to, you know, we're not going to revisit toilet paper and COVID, but you know, you, you know who you are. Yep. Um, we're just not even going to yeah, go there. You know who it. they are it's two years later and they still have toilet. They paper still initial a- buy. absolutely they do. So, uh, but outside of just like the physical on hands, it, I, I had a moment about my technology. So I, we spend so much time thinking about our clients and our partners and their preparation. I'm like, huh, where am I? at home as far as preparation is concerned for the storm. So I got to thinking, okay, like we, we used to have a a few, a gas generator. Um, we actually got rid of it a a little over a year ago. It developed a fuel leak and we just, we didn't even want to risk fixing it. I, a little bit of too much inside baseball on me. I am even more fire averse than the average person because we had a very destructive garage fire in our home several gosh almost 10 years ago at this point but that's still pun very much intended close enough to home that it sticks with me to this day so when something becomes an over-the-top fire risk in my head i can't sleep knowing it's there it has to be gone so that's that's been out of our lives for a while but as a result i'm thinking okay like where we happen to live, we're on a very strong and very new power grid. There's some emergency services very nearby. We are likely to be restored pretty quickly. So I'm not so far down the rabbit hole thinking, okay, how can I run our air conditioning? How can I run our refrigerator? If we lose a refrigerator of food and our, we don't open our freeze and our meat stays frozen, I'll survive. Right. It's more about going back to survival mode. Like what do I need? Like, I don't mean literally staying alive, but how do I maximize my ability to support my team and the company and my family and our partners during that event? Well, doing what I do, the answer to that is how do I keep my devices powered and online? Like truly, that's the position I'm in. How do I maximize the likelihood that I can connect and be connected to as much before, during, and after that event as possible? So I have many different accesses to 5G and 4G cellular devices. We've got backup modems. I've got redundant internet, all those fiber based, the whole nine yards, but power still a thing. So a very interesting subgenre that I very quickly educated myself as best I could this morning are these portable power stations. Um, we all either have or have had or have seen used the little power bricks that you see them in somebody's pocket in their bag. Anchor is a huge brand. Aki, I think makes up, but there's a, there's a billion brands out there. Um, you know, as we use our devices more, our batteries get taxed more. We keep them powered. These USB powered, you know, power bricks have been the, the way so many people have gone. Well, there's a whole level above that where it literally looks like someone took a car battery and wrapped it in plastic and put a handle on the top. And that's basically what these devices are. So what could I get in my hands safely before the storm? Like the day before is not good enough because our streets are going to get crazy. Deliveries are going to get delayed. I needed something that could get here 
several days before the storm. That means the next 48 hours. So hello, Amazon, first of all. Thank you, Prime. Um, So that that immediately narrowed my field to what I could get here quick enough. So some of the ones that were power as powerful as I otherwise would have wanted to power some of my devices already off the table. They're seven to 10 days out. That's no longer an option to me. So I ended up on a device that is, again, looks like a big old car battery with regular, you know, uh, three pong, three prong plugs, USB, a USB C it's got the round cart, like the cigarette lighter port on it. It's got a wide array of, um, outputs, which I thought was really great. Um, input wise, you can power it from the wall before the power goes out. And then again, the one I chose comes bundled with a 200 watt solar panel. So the idea being, uh, there shall be a future review coming out of all of this as well. If I end yeah. up having to use it under the conditions that we think, but according to their documentation with that, they have a smaller solar panel that was cheaper, but I, I opted for the bigger one in this case, because the claim is I should be able to charge it to 80% within about four hours of good direct sunlight. Wow. Okay. That's a so, lot, that's a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. I was going to ask that, you to do a test, you know, to see how I have to charge because that's, that's yeah. way faster than I thought it would be. Way, way faster than I expected this. That, that's the hope. So I figure between it likely to be cloudy after a storm and, you know, I'd like to get to a hundred percent. My hope is thankfully this time of year down here, the, the days are still quite long. They're starting to shorten up as we get closer to you no know, time change, yeah. but we, we still have good sunlight well into post 7 PM. So I figure on a full day, on a full day of decent sunlight, I should be able to fully recharge this thing during the day. So I ordered it, the solar panel, and then a second solar panel that is much, much smaller, much less expensive. It's only 24 watts of output, but there's no battery associated with it. It is is specifically for trickle charging your devices. So you could just plug that solar devices into it and let them just sort of get a little bit of power. It's got three USB outputs and again, in good direct sunlight, you can, you know, it's, you know, you can, you know, for example, charge an iPhone, you know, because like having a 24 watt charging brick, basically. So you can get a decent charge off of that relatively. It's not fast charging per se, but you can get a decent charge pretty quickly off of that. That's the hope at least. So during the day to power, because I'm going to be hitting, I'm going back to the last major hurricane event we had here, which was Hurricane Irma back in 2017. My phone held up very, very well. What I didn't necessarily factor for was how much I'd be using my hotspot because that was my only Mm. access to internet. I didn't have fiber at the time and our coax lines went down literally as the storm arrived. So I was on hotspot all day, every day for over a week after the storm came through. Um, That's what destroyed my battery. It wasn't the phone calls or anything else. It was running that 4G hotspot at the time all day long. So the hope is between other battery packs I have and that solar panel to be able to make and receive calls, do emails, the things I need to do and hit, be able to hit that. Um, and I have multiple hotspots now, so I can also trade them in and out. I can be using one inside while the other was sitting outside in the freaking direct sun charging. So uh, I feel pretty good about that. And then, so that would be happening during the day that the cheaper, smaller panel, keeping my mission critical devices running during the day. And then the big boy battery would be charging all day, basically, so that after the sun goes down, I would then be able to focus on lights and fans and other things we might need to get through and recharging my bigger devices overnight off the big, like my laptop. We we know from my from our review, the, the M2 MacBook Air on one charge can get me through an entire workday. Yep. I, I do it almost every day. I, 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 to this day, Eric, other than it stands by when we did our review episode uh, several weeks back, to this day, even after that, unless I forget to charge it the night before, I've never once had to take my charger out of the bag during the day. Yeah, that's great. Ever. I mean, that's huge. 
unless I forget to charge it. So applying that logic here with this big battery and the solar panels, if I can get my laptop back to a full charge overnight, I know I can get through an entire day the next day working off that laptop and its battery. So that's kind of the, you know, TikTok mentality I've got of it is, you know, charge during the daylight hours because that's where the sunlight is, mm -hmm. then recharge using that charge at night and just keep the whole cycle going. I mean, it's so. essentially the, it's the same thing that, you know, houses do with like those Tesla power walls or whatever Absolutely. company makes yep. them. They, they charge, pass it or up. Yep. yep. They charge during like the, you know, sunlight, they'll get the solar charge. And then at night, if the power's still on, they'll charge when you're off peak for, you know, the grid electricity. And so it charges cheaper and it always yep. self topped up so that when the power goes out, you're ready to use it. So it's the same thing. You're just trading back and forth. It makes total sense. So that's, it's just such an interesting exercise that again, the last time we had a major event like this, I, we relied on a fuel based generator and don't get me wrong. It absolutely got the job done, but it had its own challenges of needing to have access to fuel. That is a problem down here. After a storm, we fill up our fuel tanks, but you burn through that stuff pretty quickly and getting fuel for the first few days after a storm, sometimes longer, depending on where you are, can be a challenge. Yeah, until the trucks um, roll back in with more fuel, everybody goes, right takes it all and the gas stations uh, run out uh -huh. fast. So, and between that and just the fire risk and everything else, and I, I, please don't tweet at me. I know batteries can, I, I realize batteries are a different kind of fire risk. I'm very well aware. Thank you. But I still considered a more under a controlled environment, a properly controlled environment, a more mitigated risk than a literal gasoline engine running six feet outside my garage with, you know, 50 gallons of gas tanks sitting across the room. I just, you know, having to hold, maintain, and store that stuff scares me. It, it, it really, really does. So this, this feels like a better solution. It could completely crash and burn pun. I hope not intended. Um, yes. I, you know, the, the idea is we're not looking to be comfortable based on this solution. Everyone who's lived through a hurricane knows unless you're really well set up for it, you're going to sweat. It's going to be gross. Like it's, it's not mm -hmm. fun, but I figure again, going back to what I considered my bare necessities, which I don't mean for me, I want to sit there and be able to watch Netflix. It's so I can be an effective member of our team, even during and after the disaster. Yep. I'm hoping this combination of gear is going to help me do that. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, it, you've got you got yourself covered for your batteries, like you said. You're on fiber. Your fiber there in your neighborhood, it, mm -hmm. and your and your electric and everything. It's all buried. Like you underground, have no, which is not 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 as common in Florida, where I moved from. Right. In Florida, was or elsewhere here in, in Southwest Florida, I didn't change cities. Uh, I just moved from an older neighborhood where everything was above ground, and that's the first thing that happens. Someone's palm tree ends up in a power line, and Pops you're done yep. until they can safely. I would never ask those. You know, those guys are freaking heroes. <laughs> the FPL guys, let me tell you. I mean, it's and I would never ask them to come out and turn my in, in the middle. You know, they should never be back on the roads until it's safe to do so. Their lives are just mm -hmm. as important is mine and uh so you know to, to have the, the underground utilities are not perfect they have they can have their own sets sure. of challenges but the statistics are what they are we have a better chance of not having those kinds of incidents um the downside is again going back to flooding if we do have a problem it can take longer for them to get in and fix it because if the access is flooded over there's nothing they, there's can, nothing do. they can do but, yeah. but the likelihood of having that inciting problem is lower because they're not exposed to flying debris and trees and branches and birds and everything and, else and also for you not for everyone but for you at least the neighborhood that you are in is brand new so right. the, the the section you're in is brand new so all the infrastructure yep. is brand new so it's you know it should be pretty yeah. robust anyway yeah you're, you're right and you 
sorry, let me slow down. By the numbers, you are correct. Because <laughs> I'm me, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm just, the way my brain works, I approach it from, it's all new. It's untested. It hasn't been tested well, this is, yet. This, yeah. this is effectively the shakedown cruise, and we are about to right. find everything <laughs> in our little infrastructure out here that has not been through the ringer yet. So, yeah. uh, you know, the one thing I, you know, hey, I, I will forever love the home I moved that we moved out of last year for many reasons. A, it's where I grew up, but also, um, that house was built in 1977 and was still standing strong when we handed it over to the next family that it became yep. their bo- their box of problems. But I was it it saw some things and it's and some stuff and it stood yeah, up through all of it. So, uh, to when you sold it, yeah, there was quite a yeah. few hurricanes that blew through and it was yeah. still standing just fine. So yeah, so it's a it's, it's a very different mentality to think you know what it, it was just over a year ago where I'm sitting right now was just a grass field. So right. in that way, yes, it's all new and hurricane spec and it's been tested in theory, but this right. is kind of potentially its first outing in this yeah. kind of environment. So, um, it's these kinds of things. I never want to make light of it ever, ever, ever hurricanes or any kind of natural disaster. People get hurt. People die. It's, these are not fun things, but I am, I am also that person where, um, you, there's just that certain amount of like pent up energy that comes from waiting for the storm. You know, yeah. I, I naturally fall into the disaster prep mode, the get all of our ducks in a row mode, you know, all the way up until the moment that it happens. And then the thing happens and I fall immediately into disaster recovery mode, which is okay. Where do we stand? What's our status? How do we, you know, what's our shortest path dot normal operations, all those things. So I, I don't, and don't mishear the tone of my voice. I don't enjoy, I don't actually enjoy any of it, but there is just this, energy that comes from it. I'm sure it's a human fight or flight kind of thing where it's just like, okay, now that I know it's probably coming, let's, let's do this. this. Let's get it done. Yeah. I want to, you know, and, and also it's kind of there, like you said, we don't ever want to go through this. They're dangerous. They're terrible. But when you are going through it and the plans that we have put in place work and we come out of the other side, you know, no scratches, no bruises, you know, on, you know, the business or on your home or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And you realize that all the planning that you did worked out and everything, there's a, there's a good feeling about that, that it feels like it was all worthwhile that you did this planning and that you made these purchases and you got yourself set up so that you were, you know, like we said, the umbrella theory, you know, you're going to do all this and then this hurricane might swing wide and we won't even have to worry about it, but you know what, you were prepped, you were ready and you were prepared so you wouldn't have to worry. Well, and again, I'm never, I'm also not the person to ever, you know, look that particular gift horse because I will tell you for whatever it costs me to get all this gear shipped out in here in time, if it ends up sitting there going unused, that'll be the happiest money I ever quote unquote yep, exactly. wasted in my entire life. Cause yeah. I, you know, I didn't buy it with the hope to need to use it. And that that's true of, you know, going full circles what we talked about with, uh, with the businesses that we serve and the, and business continuity. We, I tell people in these meetings all the time, please hear what I'm saying. I am telling you, I am advising you to spend not small amounts of money. And I'm very mindful of that. Also hope that you, that you hear me saying, I hope it's the worst investment you ever made because that means you never had to use it. Don't get me wrong. I believe in my heart of hearts and and every time we do need it, it has saved businesses. I do believe it's an amazing investment, but the best possible outcome is that you spend all this money and then never have to push the button. That's the hope. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and I think most everybody understands that too, that puts them in a position that they're, they can go home at night and sleep knowing that if something were to yep. happen, they're covered and that, oh, and, it, and that's absolutely because if it did, there's the intangibles, a peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Because if it did hit and they weren't prepared and they're losing 
thousands and thousands of dollars an hour or whatever it equates to, depending on their business model and what they're doing, you know, it say it saves them. It in the long run saves them money if something were to ever happen. So it saves them money. And then the, I, I again putting business business owner hat on for a second. I I follow that all the way down the rabbit hole. If it potentially saves them money or a loss of money, which means it in turn likely saved some kind of jobs or it kept people at work or it stopped yep. a business from going under and then those people not having a job to come to at all. I mean, there's our, you know, the word livelihood has live in it for a reason. Like yep. I, I, I feel that imperative of, you know, there's a whole bad set of things that get kicked off when people can't go to work and therefore can't make money and therefore can't pay their bills or buy food or house their families. Like that's that is most basic. So when we talk about get business continuity and technology and disaster, you know, preparedness, all of these things, the most basic imperative of that is to making sure that, you know, after the disaster, whatever it may be, that there's still a business to come back to. Yep. Even it doesn't do anyone any good if it's gone. And that's, and that's the thing that we prepare for and that everyone should prepare for with their businesses out there is we like to set up the people that we work for to have the kind of backups and infrastructure in place that if a hurricane goes through and their place of business is no longer there, they still have options to continue to work. Yes. Oh, physically. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest thing that I think that we offer is making sure that they are, I feel like I'm doing a commercial for us, but anyway, (laughs) they're, they're set up so that, you know, in the cloud and, you know, office 365 and Azure and OneDrive and SharePoint. Well, COVID proved that. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't have to be a hurricane. Right. I I think about, and again, as always leaving names out of it, I, I will never forget the moment sitting in a meeting like, Mid COVID, I, again, I'm not saying COVID's over, or blah blah blah. But I mean, I mean, mid lockdown, I should say. Yeah. Like we, the, well, I'm season talking tw- full blown season one. There we go, full blown 2020, full lockdown. Like we're everyone is doing what they can to stay operational, and you know, sitting across a Zoom table, obviously not in the room with a person, and having the executive director of that business look at me through the camera and say, the only reason they're in operation is because of the pre- preparations we made for with them post Irma for hurricanes, right. They were they were decimated operationally as a result of Irma. I mean, they got it done, and hats off to them. They they pulled it together with duct tape and a prayer. But following that disaster, they came to us and says, "How do we how do we never do this again?" Right. And we brought them a plan. Kudos to them. They funded it. They implemented it. They followed it. And we supported them. And then that was for a hurricane. And then. Yep. Fast forward three years that that preparedness, that plan is what enabled them at a flip of a switch to send dozens of people home to do, again, keeping you know anonymity to it, a very, very, very important service that in turn serves tens of thousands of people in our community with some very critical services. They were only able to do that be, you know, during COVID, a pandemic, because of preparations they made for a hurricane that had never arrived since. Yeah. Like that's just, that's the whole thing. That's the goose right there. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you over, over prepare and, you know, don't overspend, spend what you need to spend to over prepare and then wisely, like you said, hopefully never have to use it. it. But if you do, then, you know, your business continues to run. You can send every single one of your employees home and work from the cloud and, you know, 
The phone system that I use every day is cloud-based. I, all I need is an internet connection or a cell connection, and I can make phone calls from my office phone, receive phone calls, you know, internet online, all that, just yeah. set all that stuff up. And it, it makes you so mobile that you can literally work from anywhere. You can cop in a car. If you're going to be down for a while, leave the state, hole up in a hotel somewhere that has power and internet and, and be work. fully operational. Yep. It's, I had a, a peer once tell me for, sorry, not, not tell me he was sharing with me his opinion, his view that, you know, fear is such an incredible business motivator, you know, the fear to go do X, Y, Z. And that's why, you know, you should run your financials a certain way and run your business because that fear drives you forward. And Hey, I, I'm not judging that the person in question, highly successful, good at what he does. Great story. But I think about fear versus peace. And right. I, 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 and so we talk about peace, I mean, peace in the concept of like peace of mind. And when it comes to running a business, for example, I just have always preferred to say, you know, I'm, I'm very fearful. I'm fearful all the, every day because again, what I do provides people with people with jobs and we provide a service and you know, that's that I'm so fearful of that ever not being there, but I run the business based on what's going to bring peace of mind. What plan is going to ensure exactly what you're describing that the business can operate. So therefore other business can operate. What fear, I'm sorry, what piece of what steps can bring the peace of mind that financially speaking, even during a disaster, we have the funds to operate a hundred at a hundred percent normal without, you know, with zero income for some amount of time. Like I've, you know, that fear shouldn't be what drives you forward in my opinion, it should be the peace of mind that you have the plan to carry you forward, no matter what the issue is. Yep. And I get it. There's two very different ways to look at the same problem. But as I, in these situations, that thought always comes back to me as we prepare for what could be a genuine, you know, emergency situation. You know, there are those that are driven forward by the fear of what could happen. I prefer, and I think what we're, what you're describing as well is the, the practices and the principles that you build up in advance that instead give you the peace of mind that, Hey, I don't want to go through that disaster, but if we do here are all the things we've already done to put us in a strong position to not only weather the storm, but you know, come out the other end as close to full speed ahead as possible. Yep. I just think it's two different views of the same thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and again, it's just, you know, I guess that that's what we can leave off this with is just, you know, prepare, like that's the biggest thing that you can yep. do. Like you did, you don't, we don't even know if the storm's going to hit you yet. You're, you've now got a, a power source, you know, that you're going yep. to be able to use to power your devices. I I've got one sitting next to me that I use on a much smaller scale. It's a, it's one of those battery banks you talked yep, about, but it has a solar, solar bank. panel on it yep. and I've never charged have, this thing by plugging it into the wall. It's I have the exact same one and it, yep. and it works perfect and it charges. Yep. I can charge my phone and my iPad on it at the same time and charge them completely up. I could probably charge my slow charge my computer off of it to get a little bit of, you know, battery if I, I needed I, it, those kind of things. So I, I, I I'll overshare one hopefully brief story. So I have, I, I believe that exact same device, if not mm -hmm. just a rip off of it that um, I have used on a boat in the middle of Gulf of Mexico to trickle charge a surface go so that I could get connected to a hotspot into our remote management platform and, and basically assist one of our team in bailing out. It was a ransomware situation that someone right. called us on. And, and, um, I, I was just, you know, they were in emergency coverage. They were stuck and I was literally in the middle of the Gulf it was on a weekend, right? on a weekend, yeah. on a, on a weekend, we got the call and, um, you know, I can't, this is not meant to be a sales plug, but you know, that's, but all the things came together. You know, I had the tools that I needed to jump in and assist the client in question had 
bought all the right things we had told them to. So even though they had a ransomware situation, we had they were fully recovered within six hours with zero loss. And, you know, all the things came together and did what they were supposed to do. But yeah, I see stuff. So to give you a plug for your device, I can tell you it works because I literally, <laughs> I, I took a C, I took one of those little uh, C-clamp things, hung it off the bimini top of the boat in sunlight, and then tr- uh, ran a USB-C, yeah, uh, USB cable to a Surface Go. And that's how I got, <laughs> because yeah. I had like this old Surface Go in my boat bag. Uh, but again, going back to, I wasn't well prepared. I hadn't charged it in forever. I'm like, whatever, it's just there. I've got, if I need it, I needed it. And um, I thankfully was able to get yeah. just enough power out of that power bank to uh, get it, get it online and get and help out. So, so, so yeah, let's leave, leave everybody with that. Just prepare as much as you can for as is reasonable. Yeah. I think I that's mean, the thing we're not talking about. But... Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone's take on the whole thing. I mean, I guess there is a certain mode point where you can't over prepare. Actually, I do. I mean, I think you can, I, but what I would, I would call over preparing, preparing to a such point that it puts you in a, in a financial burden. Right. Like I could have gone on there and dropped four grand on a solar generator that would have run my lights and my air, my, my portable AC and everything else. Yeah. I'm like, no, that is not a smart use of my dollars to, you know, to be comfortable. I will like, I, I, there are people who would be adversely affected by a few days in the heat. I'm not one of them. I will be grumpy. I will be sweaty. I will be mad, but I'll be, I will be, that will not be what kills me. Right. Um, yeah, but you know, I, but the ability to keep going back to the, you know, the whole point keep my devices running so that I can be an, you know, be an effective, you know, asset during and after the event, that's what was important. So, you know, what I've loved to have hit buy it now on some, you know, several thousand watt hour, you know, right, rolling sure. monstrosity, that would be really cool. And I'd love to have one one day, but in this situation, I go back to, you know, I do think over preparedness and not, if you have the, if you have the means and the resource or the access to things to be as prepared as humanly possible, that's great. If that brings you a peace of mind, I would love to have a freaking, you know, missile silo in my backyard that I can go run down into they just, uh, I've always wanted to live out my Stargate fantasies and have a missile sure. silo in my yeah, backyard, exactly. but that's, yeah. just, that's just me. Um, that's for a different podcast. But um, but in the in the grand scheme of you know, okay, what what can I do versus what should I do? Because I should say I could you know whip out the old credit card and order a four thousand dollars solar generator. That would not be a smart move because right. it it would make me more comfortable. It's not what I needed. Yeah. So and and I think and we've this has been a very hurricane centric podcast just because that's what's on its way. But uh, it, for me here in the great white North, you know, in a couple of months here, we're going to start right. snow. And, you know, if the power goes out here, when it's, when there's a, a big snowstorm that rolls through with a lot of wind yep. and, and a lot of ice and that kind of stuff, we can get the same kind of thing up here. There, there are hurricane force winds during the I, blizzard, you taught, so. you, I learned that from you many years ago. You taught me about, and I forget what your term for it is, the horizontal winds or whatever. Oh, sure. It is yeah. Where, up here. Yeah. It, because it's so flat where I am up here in the, in the Midwest, they have what's called a straight wind, which is basically a, a hurricane force wind that, or tropical storm force wind that literally just goes in a straight line. And it will just blow down everything in its path in a straight line. It doesn't turn. It just goes from point A to point B in a straight line and blows everything down in its path. And it doesn't, it's rare, but it happens. Sure. And we but much like a, but much like a tornado versus a hurricane. I talked about the, the, the air quotes benefit to a hurricane as we see it coming. I can't imagine you have much of an indicator no. when something like that is coming. No, we, we had straight winds blow by my parents' house when we were over there, you know, having a birthday lunch or whatever. And it blew through right next to their house and the path it was mm. on, it was about... 12 feet wide in one corner of it went by a tree that right next to my parents' house, that tree fell, almost hit their house and it tore a path through like you could look, you could go outside and stand and look and look at this 12 foot wide path that the wind just blew everything down in its path. And it was, wow. you know, it was just crazy. But you know, those kind of things, like 
I, I get prepared. I have battery backups here. Um, I have the solar panels much like you have for the yep. same situation, just in the opposite time of year, because right. here we have our problem in the winter and you have it down there at the end of the summer and going into the fall. And it's, but it's the same situation. My power will still go out. We, we have to run, we have, you know, electric heaters that we have for emergencies that we can put up to make sure that we can stay warm enough sure. to freeze inside and all that kind of stuff. And we can run all of that stuff for a while off these batteries that we have and it keeps us safe. So just prepare just in case always just that umbrella, yeah. just make sure you've got it there because most likely you'll never need it. But when you do, you're going to be super glad that you prepared for it. Well, now that we've given everyone the complete gamut from uh, me sweating to death post-hurricane to you turning into an actual Wisconsin snowman, yep. um, I, I think we've covered the whole gamut. And yeah, I think the big takeaway is just be prepared, be appropriately prepared. And think about it, You know, again, the point of this show, think about your technology. The technology at the end of the day is a tool. And more so than ever, it can be an important tool before, during, and after these kind of emergencies. Because think about it, the number of ways we have to be in touch with people, with people, you know, to notify loved ones, to hear updates on the emergency after it happens or when, you know, when is it safe to go on the roads? You know, should, right. you know, uh, we, we have a lot of, we will get a lot of like boil water notices when, mm-hmm. you know, so it's important to know when you're drinking waters and just cause there's water coming out of the faucet doesn't mean it's safe. Yep. I mean, th- these are all things and the, and technology drives so much of that. So, you know, it's not just, believe me, step one, make sure you have something to eat and drink. And some, yep. you know, and some kind of shelter, you know what I mean? I'm not saying your laptop's more important than a flat of water, but there are very tangibly important things, not just for work. That's what comes to my mind first because of what I do, but there are just genuine safety elements that come to that level of your preparedness. So just, you know, invest in it over time, buy some battery packs, you know, maybe yep. look at a solar panel down the road. These are not again multi-thousand dollar expenses. And it's also a lot nicer when you can plan for it more in advance than I did and not starting your search by what's available for delivery within 48 within hours. Because yeah. as with buying anything, getting it quickly immediately tips the scales not in your favor when it comes to making a purchasing decision. Yeah, That's absolutely. pretty much a universal truth. So, so yeah, the, the last thing I'll leave off with is you're right. The technology, think about your technology. It's a tool. And remember, a lot of our tools today require electricity to run. And if you yeah. don't have a way to power them, your laptop, your phone, they're they're still a tool, but the only tool that they'll be is a hammer because they'll have no electricity <laughs> to run. And, uh, you know, so just keep your stuff charged. Anyway, yeah, a four a fourteen inch MacBook Pro might be the most expensive hammer anyone ever might Absolutely. be tem- be tempted to have. But hey, I guess in the right <laughs> situation, it would if it's the only hammer you've got, it's the hammer you've That's got. Hammer so, you uh, use. <laughs> on that saddening and actual bombshell, I think we'll wrap this one up. So, uh, anything anything else to bookend it with? No, that's it. Just uh, charge your stuff and make sure you got some batteries standing by just in case, so you can run your technology. That's it. That's it. Well, uh, the last thing, I, I won't go as far as to call it a promise. We'll play it by ear. But if if anything of interest does develop around this event, um, Eric, I'll talk to you more about it off the pod. But I was thinking it might be interesting to maybe just do some short format recordings either leading up to or heck if i can get a good connection going you know, during, uh, during in, yeah. a while while we're using it while we use it, i just think it'd be an interesting piece of feedback to give like hey i'm coming to you right now from my laptop and a hot spot uh you know running through that generator battery and just yep. see how it goes yeah, it so uh yeah. if if you if, if you see a random episode drop into the feed midweek next week but my audio is even worse than usual you'll know what happened so uh <laughs> sounds good There we go. With that, we will wrap it up and uh, very hopefully catch you next time. Later.